Streets of the Science podcast with your girl and with an everyone and welcome to another episode of the Root of the Science podcast with your girl and with an E. My guests today are two authors, Dr. Evodia Setati and Tato Mosalame. Evodia, a South African, is a chief researcher at the South African Grape and Wine Research Institute at the University of Stellenbosch. Tato originally from Botswana, is a postdoc fellow also at the Institute and recently completed her PhD. In this episode, we learn more about the book that they have co-authored. The book title is Holding the Knife's Edge, Essays of Black Female Scientists in South Africa. This project came about after they noticed that there was a short list of female black scientists in South Africa to be role models for upcoming researchers. The book then tells stories of pioneering South African women in science who have climbed the professional ladders to the upper ranks of various organizations through innovation, academic excellence, social intelligence, authentic leadership, and tenacity. Their stories tell of deep knowledge, determination, and commitment to succeed, and a work ethic that ensured that success. Evodia and Tato called this project the labor of love that required sacrifices and investments of time and finance. This has since paid off as the book is with the editors and due to be released in August 2020, which is in time for Women's Month in South Africa. Stay tuned to find out more about this amazing project. Hi, ladies. Hi Anne. Hi Anne. Welcome to the show. So excited to have you here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having us on your program. <laughs> It's fantastic. So, um, before we get into our interview, can you just both give me an introduction of yourselves? I think I will start with um, Evodia, and then we'll get into Tato's intro afterwards. Um, yeah, so thanks and thanks again. Um, so, as you said, my name is Evodia, surname Setati, um, and I am a microbiologist by training, and um, I currently work as a researcher at the South African Grape and Wine Research Institute. Um, I come from Limpopo province. I grew up in a small, well, maybe I shouldn't say small, but in a township just outside Polukwane uh, called Seshiro. And I did my undergraduate training at what is now the Teflo campus of University of Limpopo. And then, of course, I did my master's and PhD in Stellenbosch. And um, I worked at University of the Free State and at University of KwaZulu-Natal at the Westville campus. And then I sort of found my way back um, to Stellenbosch in 2010 and have been here since. Oh, great. Thank you so much for that introduction. Um, Tato? Well, and I am a postdoctoral fellow at Stellenbosch University at the South African um, Grape and Wine Research Institute. I just recently recently completed my PhD, so I am very new in, in my postdoctoral position. But my background is um, mainly in medical biosciences. I've got an undergrad degree in complementary medicine and my master's is in medical biosciences before I did the shift 
to before I changed or changed to Stellenbosch University, the first two degrees I obtained at the University of the Western Cape, and then I came to Stellenbosch University to do my PhD in wine biotechnology. I am originally from Botswana, grew up there. I think that my primary school schooling in Botswana, but I've been in South Africa since high school. So it's been home for me for quite a while, although most of my family is still in Botswana. Oh, lovely. I'm so glad that we get to know the two ladies um, behind the book. But now tell me, um, how did you come up with the title of the book? Um, would you care to explain? Like I said, I am from Botswana and Evodia is a Bedi woman. And in both our languages, we have a common saying that loosely translates to the first half of our of our title, holding a woman hold hold a woman holds the sharp end of a knife. So we really wanted to unpack this saying from our languages, and it's really about the endurance and the perseverance of women in their personal and professional lives. You find that women are wives and mothers who have to build um, a legacy for their children, all at the same time having to fight through barriers in their professional lives to try and grow their careers. So it really was, if we felt that it, uh, the the journeys of the women in the book were encompassed by this saying perfectly by holding the nice edge. Oh, that's that's very interesting. So it was, uh, it, like you said, it comes from both your languages, um, which is pretty interesting. And we're going to get into more into the book, um, specifically what it's about. But, you know, in both of your introductions, um, neither or neither... Are the both of you um, authors by profession, you know? So then take us through how does this um, happen? How does um, this book concept come along? And how do the two of you decide, okay, this is something that we have to do. We have to write a book um, on black female South African scientists. Um, yeah, so, and to be honest with you, this book came about in a um, roundabout way. And um, I always sort of put this blame on, on Tato and I always tell her she, she's the instigator. Um, <laughs> and the way it came about um, is that, I, as I said, I'm a researcher in, in um, the Institute. And um, to be quite honest, I'm the only black um, academic in the institute. We do have one of my colleagues who's colored. So when I say black, I mean black African. Um, and in most cases, um, the young black students somehow gravitate towards me when they when they are in in our institute, and they like to communicate with me, ask me questions, um, you know, about life, about science, about my career. I think usually the curiosity is driven by how you make it in a university like Stellenbosch as a black person. Um, mm. And, and you know, Tato is one of those students who uh, sort of 
liked to ask me questions. And this started um, in 2015. I, I registered for a master's in management coaching and I needed to find uh, people to coach as part of my uh, training, as part of the practice. And Tato was one of the people who offered themselves uh, to, to come for my service as a, as a coach. And we, we sort of grew close uh, to each other and she would ask me questions about um, a, a career in, in academia. Um, and one of the things that she liked to highlight was that there were no role models, especially for young black female scientists. And I used to say to her, no, 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 that's not possible that there's enough uh, role models out there. Um, and the mm. more she complained about this, the more I felt like, okay, maybe there's some validity to what she was saying. And um, so I said mm. to her, you know what, uh, perhaps, you you know, we should, we should explore this a little bit more and we should, um, you know, do something about it, find a solution. And where we started was um, first, we sort of did a, a round table discussion where we called uh, uh, in a few uh, young female uh, PhD students um, and we asked them questions to say, you know, who do they see as their role models? And if they were to meet a person who is their role model, what kind of questions would they ask? What would they want to know and so on? Um, so after that, we then, you know, it, it became more apparent to me that, that perhaps there is really this need for young people to, to identify people to learn from, to take examples from. Um, so I said to Tato that, okay, so why don't, you know, we write a book and if you do that and you put together the, the starting material, I will support you in that. And she compiled a list of possible uh, people and she drew this list, I think, from a variety of women who are scientists that, that have published their own books, scientists who are entrepreneurs, um, you know, leading scientists in academia and so on. And uh, so we went about reaching out to these women. Obviously, we are not close to them. We didn't know them. They Well, we knew them, but they didn't know us. And initially, it was a challenge because we had to email them and pray and hope that they don't think we are crazy uh, and pray and hope that they just don't delete the email because they can't recognize uh, the, the name and so on. Um, yeah. And we, we set up, you know, interviews. Most of the interviews were really Skype interviews. And, um, you know, we, we would ask them the questions formulated from our initial interaction with the other young uh, PhD students. Um, and just ask them stories about their lives, how they, they sort of built their career, what are the kind of challenges that they had, uh, what their upbringing was, you know, and, you know, what, what could they say to younger people that would um, help them navigate um, science careers. And so that's where we started. And, you know, the interviews meant that we had to transcribe the material, sit together and see if we read the story the same way, because obviously there's almost, yeah, there's more than a decade between Tato and I in age. And so obviously mm. the message I take from the story will not necessarily be the same kind of message that, that she's taking. And so we would sit together mm. and sort of 
combine our stories to make sure that the story was coherent and do the back and forth with the contributors to make sure that we don't misrepresent their stories. And yeah, and now here we are with sort of almost at the end of the journey with, with this book because it's now with, with the um, editor going through proofreading. Wow, what a journey. And um, I suppose, thank goodness to Tato for instigating this wonderful initiative. And you're right, um, they are, it, it, they are very few um, role models in science. And it's great that you are putting together these, um, these women for, for, for up and coming scientists or even just normal everyday women to look up to them. But however, I'll, I'll just like to put a little bit of a spanner in the works, right? So this, so this book, some might ask why only black, I mean, why only South African black women, you know, because looking back at South Africa's history, black men also had their fair share of challenges also in the science field. So then why, why did you only choose the women? Why did you not include the men as a whole to, 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 to in your book? Um, yeah, so, you know, I do agree with you that, that uh, both men and women in South Africa uh, went through many challenges uh, throughout our, our history. However, um, I don't think that the challenges were experienced the same and that the, the challenges continue to affect us in in the same way. Um, for instance, you know, when when a woman decides to start a family, uh, that has mm -hmm. a different impact on them than a man. Um, in South Africa, we don't have same systems as uh, European countries have where a man can also take long paternity leave. And so the woman tends to be the only person whose career is affected. And when you go back into um, the working world, into science, you find that your peers are several steps ahead and nobody is mindful of the fact that you had interruptions and so having to catch up with with your male counterparts um, is, is is quite difficult on 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 women um, and also what what I have experienced having worked at different universities is at the undergraduate level for instance you see a lot of young uh, black women in class, in science classes. But if you look at uh, the higher levels in, in, in jobs, in different jobs, um, be it, mm. a, you know, a CEO of a company, a director, uh, a professor at a university, then you see that there are less women. So suddenly when the ladder goes, you know, the ranks of the ladder go higher and higher, somehow, you have less women than what was represented at undergraduate level. And so I believe that men have enough um, role models and also they have less uh, challenges in terms of the impact that a, a work-life balance can have on, on their career. And that's why for us, we thought it's important to highlight these challenges and provide young women uh, with with uh, you know 
positive examples. And this book can be read by everybody, men and women. Um, a father can mm. read this and understand the type of challenges that their daughter uh, would encounter and how to support them and how to help them or their their wife mm. or their sister and so on. So the book, although it's written about women, it's not for the readership of women. It's it's for everybody to read. Oh, no, I understand your justification. And, you know, what you said about the different challenges um, that men and women face. Um, I'm not sure if you saw there was that recent article that was... Um, um, put out um, by Nature, uh, the journal, where they spoke about how, in terms of the 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 productivity between men and women during this pandemic, it seems like less women are publishing more. I mean, less women um, are publishing, and more men are actually publishing during this uh, this pandemic. So I think. When you look at it, um, some of these inequalities are actually still happening. And I think it's important that um, your book addresses, gets to address some of these things. But anyway, just to um, yes. bring it back, just to bring it back, um, you you mentioned that you had a, a title, had a list, had created a list with all these um amazing black woman scientists. So I just wanted to find out who are some of the women who are being featured in the book and also why them in particular? Well, we've got quite a few women. Um, we were told down, obviously, uh, the list, the very long list that I initially had started off with. But both Evodia and I are biologists and of research focus and research focus is in the biological sciences, but we don't only want to speak to people in this in this um, branch of science. We wanted to attract or get women from different spheres of the of the STEM arena. We wanted to get mathematicians, engineers, um, med medical practitioners, uh, chemists, mm. physicists. We wanted to attract women from every sphere of science so that we can mo motivate young people um, to, to model their careers in whichever direction of, of STEM they wanted to explore. So we've got a, a world-renowned chemist in Professor Debel Kong, a mathematician with Professor Mamokheti Pakeng. We've got a physicist who's also an excellent science communicator in Dr. Patience Mtunzi Kufa. We've got biologists in the medical field. We've got Professor Salome Masume, and we've got a plant biotechnologist, Professor Nokwanda Makunga, who's also another excellent science communicator. But we wanted to get a, a broad picture of women who really break the mold of what people have in their minds as a typical image of a of a scientist who's just focused in the lab, wears a lab coat and has very little going for them outside the outside outside their the research fields. We also have our entrepreneurs, the yes. Professor Mutaung successfully um, translated her scientific research into a spin-off company where she produces um 
medicinal she she has products from derived from medicinal plants that she has commercialized so we wanted to show young people that they really there's quite a diverse that quite we have diversity in what people consider as science it's not just one single umbrella term but we also wanted to show them that the quality of science that science research that's done in Africa and the quality of science, the caliber of scientists that are produced in Africa are in par with the rest of the world. So it's not like we are 10 steps behind everybody else. We are right on par with the mm. rest of the world and we should be very proud of that. Wow, that's 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 fantastic. That's a phenomenal list. And I think like, like Evodia mentioned that if somebody had to read this um, they would be very inspired. So um, you've been writing this book for the past two years. And like you mentioned earlier, that the book is now with the ed- editor. So congratulations on that feat. Uh, so this shows the amount of time and dedication that you put into this project. I'm sure it's not been an easy road. Um, so what are some of the challenges that you faced um, during this journey of putting this you know, passion project of yours, if I can call it, together? Um, yeah, you know, and <laughs> it's it's been a long journey, and uh, I I can say that we don't remember what a normal Saturday looks like because all our Saturdays were dedicated to writing this book. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, you know, it it wasn't easy because during the writing of this book, um, Tato was still busy with her PhD writing her thesis. So she had to sort of uh, balance uh, the two projects, basically, and make sure that both of them were successful. Um, And at the same time, obviously, for me as a full-time employee of the university, I still had to do my work. So that's why our Saturdays were dedicated to the book. Um, and sometimes I had to travel. So there were times when we were working, sitting on, on different continents altogether, and we still had to commit uh, the weekends to, to working on the book. Um, we learned to work on just about every platform, you know, um, and, you know, manipulate documents while somebody's sitting in Europe and somebody's sitting on, on the African continent. Um But I think the biggest challenges for us were, firstly, accessing these women uh, wasn't that straightforward. As I said to you, we didn't know, uh, you know, we don't know them as personally. We know them from the work they do, from their publications, from their news and so on. And so just reaching out to them and having access to them was not um, that straightforward. Uh, some of them, you know, as Tata said, we started with a very long list. Um, so we don't have all the people that we started with because some of them would respond. Um, and, and you know, while you're thinking that, OK, we have this one in the bag, then you get uh, an email a couple of weeks later that says, no, but you know what? On second thought, I'm writing my own book and therefore I don't want to contribute to your book. Or you would have situations where you just don't get any response and you scratch your Mm. head and think, should I write and go, hello, did you get my email? Um, Can you respond? Or you would have those that that 
say, you know, I'm interested, but then you can never actually get them to sit down for an interview and you keep chasing after them until you actually just give up and and move on. Um, and so th- those were some of the challenges. And then, of course, you know, uh, we are working with this uh, from our own pockets. Um, so it's it, you know, you have to dig quite deep into your pocket financially. So the, our book is illustrated. We had to find and identify um, the appropriate illustrator for our book, pay for the illustrations and find the right publisher for our book and trust that those people are giving us uh, the correct advice. And so it, it's been quite a journey. And I think that's why it, it has taken so long because starting from accessing people all the way to actually paying the cost for the book was at every level a challenge. Mm, mm. I, I can I can imagine, especially like you mentioned that you had to pay this out of your own pocket. It's not easy. It's not easy. So given some of these challenges that you mentioned, um, the ones that you faced, um, are you then looking for, you know, external support from people? And, um, you know, if given this platform that you have right now, um, would you would you be willing for outside help if somebody wants to 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 help you? Um, how can they do that? Oh, definitely, definitely. We're always looking for help. I mean, this was this has been part of our lives for two years, and it's been a fun process. It really has been a process where Evodia and I got to explore our creative sides. We got to explore our techie side, with, like she said, where we had to figure out platforms and figure out how <laughs> we could work together on two different com- um, continents at times and across all kinds of issues that we've worked to get, we've had to overcome to get to this point so it's it's been it's been a fun process it's been an awesome process but for us to get to make this passion project of ours as you call it and this labor of love of ours to come to to become a reality we ha- need a little bit of help uh, maybe a, a little, little bit more than a little bit of help getting the funding together we have a crowdfunding campaign going on at on thunder fund where we are asking people to really support with as little or as much as they can afford to try to help us get our book through the publication process in addition to that, we want this book to be accessible to young people in all corners of the country. We do not want it to stay in the exclusive books of the country where it's only accessible by the few who can go to these bo- these bookstores and access mm. the book. We want this book to be in school libraries and municipal libraries. So we call on business women, businessmen in communities to say to come on board and and pledge to help us print X number of copies in and in, in, in for the, for that school library or that municipal library to say okay fine I live in this um, town or in this city and for my for to make sure that my school library has got ex- my the kids in my community and my school libraries have got access to this wonderful book 
um, I will pledge to print 100 copies or 500 copies, even individuals in your own capacity, if you want to print 10 books. So whatever you can, or however much or however little you can um, contribute would be really appreciated. But it's not only uh, monetary assistance that we would wel- we, we welcome and need. It's also if you have advice on how we can better market our book so that it, re- it really gains the amount of attention that we write we think it rightfully deserves so if you have if you've got marketing experience or just knowledge on your you've published books that you know how to you know some of the uh, stumbling blocks that we might face along the way you can uh, advice is is really really welcome in that sense so we really appreciate any and all um advice to get us through the finish line and make sure that our book really is the reality and an awesome product that we think it is. Mm, Yeah, no, definitely. You're right. I think sometimes as much as one can um, look for, look for the monetary aspect, I think sometimes just being, being told, um, you know, pardon me, being told um, what to do and what not to do really goes a long way. It will save you, a lot more cost maybe in the future. And um, you mentioned that you want this book to be easily accessible, um, which is really fantastic. Then this just brings me into, into my closing question. You know, what advice would you give to somebody who ins- who's inspired by what you are both doing um, in terms of putting together, putting together a book like this, you know, and also what um, legacy do you want um, your book to to leave behind, um, mostly for Africans, but specifically women in STEM? I'll give you both the opportunity to answer that. And you can start, um, Ivodia. Um, yeah, okay. So, you know, uh, I think I will, I will keep my advice very short and sweet. Um, so I grew up in apartheid uh, South Africa, um, and the women in this book uh, grew up in apartheid South Africa. Some of them, um, their parents were um, domestic workers, um, you know, gardeners, bricklayers, and so on. Um, and 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 some of them were brought up by their grandparents, uh, but they did not let. Uh, their lack of resources, um, you know, lack of access to to study material, um, sort of be a stumbling block. Um, they had a focus and determination, um, and they made that work. And I think it's important for us um, and for young people to. And I'm not saying that people should forget that we had apartheid in this country, but to really take ownership of our own future and try to not find um, reasons to to bring ourselves down, try to not hold on to the challenges that our parents have gone through, um, that that our relatives have gone through. Um, These women uh, show that irrespective of the monetary challenges that your family might have, irrespective of um, 
the quality of schooling that you might get if you are focused, if you are determined, you can persevere. And that for me is important because these women make it clear that it can be done. Along the way, they were told that they cannot do it, that they don't deserve the opportunities, that Mm. there's no way that they they, they would be world-renowned scientists. But they went out there and they proved the world wrong. And I think it's important for young people to learn and to embrace that positivity and that message. And I believe that our book provides them with sufficient examples for them to identify a person who, who looks like them, who has the same background, the same story as, mm. as they do, but they have made their life a success. This cannot go without sacrifice. You know, writing this book, as we said to you, we don't, you know, we don't remember what a normal Saturday looks like. And this is because you have to sacrifice. Next time a person sees this book on the bookshelf, um, they need to understand that, that, you know, we, we had to tell our friends and our families, hang on, I'm working this Saturday and I'm working this Saturday. When a friend calls you and say drinks, you go, ah, sorry, I, I have a project going on. I can't see you. Um, and so I think it's important to have that kind of focus, have a goal, have a dream and go for that dream without worrying yourself about what other people are saying and what the role of the naysayers uh, could be, you know, in your journey. You must accept that they will be there, but they shouldn't really determine your fate in life. Mm, okay, Tato? In adding to that, I just want young people like myself and younger coming up through the sciences to stand tall and take pride in ourselves as African Um, young African scientists, the women in this book really showcase that, like I said, the caliber of science, the research that we do on this continent, the scientists that we're producing are on par with the world. And we shouldn't always look to the West and more recently the East for innovation. We should actually be using the capital that Africa has right now. um, And that is our youth the numbers we have and and the youthful populations that we have to really look within to solve our own problems. Sometimes our lack of resources is the is fertile ground for innovation and we could be solving just by tapping mm. into that we could be solving global global problems in an African way. So I really want us to stand up and take and and take up um, using Miss Universe's words, take up space to say, we are here, we can do this, and we are going to do this. Ignore if, if, as much as possible the obstacles that you may face in the way because those ob- obstacles are not insurmountable. The women in this book show you that they are not insurmountable for as long as you stay focused, like Evodia has said, for as long as you are passionate about what you're doing and you know why you're doing it, you can really overcome anything. But let's just stand, let's just stand tall and let's just stand, let's be proud of what we do in our in our continent. Mm, um, that's fantastic advice. And, you know, we keep talking about this book 
And, you know, it, I, I think it would be improper of me to not ask, you know, when potentially this book, I don't know if it's too soon yet, uh, the book might be available for people to actually purchase a hard copy or maybe pre-order. Could you, either of you, elaborate on that quickly for us before we wrap it up? Um, yeah, as we said, the book is now with the editor, so we are really at the end of the journey. Our goal is to have this book out there um, on, you know, during Women's Month, so August, um, and we we are pretty much on target to achieve that. In terms of pre-ordering, uh, yes, I think uh, the Thunder Fund platform is actually the best. Uh, you know, route for, for pre-ordering because a person can pledge, you mm. know, as little as 5,000 rands will, will have you, you know, 10 books that we will have signed and they can go to your uh, school of choice. Um, you can have your own copy from, from the lot. So I think um, that that's one route to go, you know, to, to, to pre-order. But of course, um, in the coming month or so, we will start sending out messages via our Twitter account um, just to, to start highlighting where we are in the process and how, you know, sort of a countdown. Oh, all right, fantastic. Um, but with that being said, uh, we look forward to it. And what a what a what a an exciting time to 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 have uh, books like that available. And how fitting is it if it is to, for it to be ready um, in August in Women's Month to further celebrate all these amazing. Um, Black women scientists in South Africa. And um, I just want to say thank you so much for everything that you're doing, for all the hard work, all the sacrifices that you put in putting this book together. It sounds like a very exciting project. And I'm sure um, I don't speak only for myself, but other people who are listening to this are pretty eager to, to get their hands on it and to read some more. So thank you both. Yeah, thanks. And thank you so much for giving us the, the platform and the opportunity to really share our story. Oh, fantastic. Indeed. Thank you, Anne. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And to everybody else um, who's listening, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to another episode of the Root of the Science podcast with your girl and with an E. Until next time. Bye.